Kiora, and welcome to Walking the Shadowlands podcast. Let me be your guide as we take a walk into the shadowy realms of the unexplained, of the paranormal, of things that go bump in the night and haunt your dreams. Your hosts. I'm Marianne. Thanks so much for joining us today, tonight, whatever time it is, wherever you're living in this beautiful world of ours. Sit back, relax, and let me be your guide as we walk into the Shadowlands together and see what awaits us there. Hi everyone, welcome back to this episode of our Walking the Shadowlands podcast. Spring's here in New Zealand and we're seeing new life everywhere. A timely reminder that things pass and move on and new life, new beginnings will always return after things seem the bleakest. So for those of you in the world who are still struggling to deal with our current pandemic, hang in there, things will get better. New beginnings are around the corner. For those of you like myself who enjoy going for walks in the bush as we say here in New Zealand or hiking in the wilderness, this is a time when our thoughts once again turn to heading out to those desolate areas we may love so much. But are we alone when we are hiking, far away from so-called civilization, or is that feeling of being watched, of feeling not alone, a valid feeling? Or is it merely our imagination? Throughout the world, there are stories and legends of huge, hairy, eight-like creatures that have persisted over the centuries through retellings of cultural myths and legends and of actual reported sightings of such creatures by those such as perhaps yourself out there in those wilderness areas. These beings go by many different names. In North America, they are called Sasquatch or the more common name of Bigfoot. Across the ditch in Aussie, they are called the Yawi. In parts of Asia and the Himalayas, they are called the Yeti or the Meetir. In Mongolia, they are called the Almas. In Sumatra, the Orang Pendic. In China, the Uren. In the jungles of South America, they are called the Marpingolri. On the podcast website, www.walkingtheshadowlands.com, you can see a link to a page that has a huge list of names for this creature. So you can see that this being goes by many, many names throughout the world. So far in past seasons, we've looked at New Zealand's Moiho Man and spoken with people who research these beings here and in Australia. We looked at Australia's Yawi. In this episode, we are going to talk with a gentleman who had an experience with the Bigfoot in the USA. This experience created an ongoing interest and desire to know more and to seek out this elusive creature. So the question is, are you willing to walk with me into this part of the Shadowlands and see what awaits us there? Then let's begin. Mike, a 31-year-old EMT firefighter 
graphic designer by day, is a Bigfoot researcher, producer and lead investigator from northwest New Jersey. He first got into Bigfooting in 2011 on an expedition in North Florida where he and a friend experienced rocks being thrown at them while sitting around a campfire. Since then, he's made it his personal goal to find out exactly what is roaming the woods of America. In 2016, after becoming frustrated with the lack of true research expedition shows on TV, he created his own show called In the Shadow of the Big Red Eye. The show is currently filming their fifth season. In 2018, Mike also created a docuseries called Squatchables, which was created for people who are just getting into Bigfooting, sort of a Bigfoot 101. With a passion for Bigfooting and a history in video editing, he decided to make the first real show about what expeditions are truly about. You'll see raw, uncut footage of what Bigfooting actually is. If there's one thing he hopes people gain from this show is for families and friends to get off the couch and outside into nature to explore what this amazing world has to offer, says Mike. I'd like to welcome my guest, Mike Familiant. for the shows that I did on New Zealand's Moi Ho Man. I did like about 30 hours research on it. I didn't even realise we had one in New Zealand. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, until I started doing research. So it was quite interesting, but I discovered in my research that the similarities worldwide uh, are all the same. They're the same sort of things that people see, the same uh, basic descriptions. Sure. So it's quite interesting. For people who don't know about Bigfoot, can you explain Mm -hmm. what Bigfoot or the Big Red Eye, as he's known, where you're from, is? Uh, Sure, yeah. Uh, So Bigfoot is a uh, bipedal, hairy hominid that's of unknown origin. So um, averages like seven to eight feet tall, depending on like where in the country you're, you're living. Um, it's covered in like hair, not fur, but hair. Um, it goes anywhere from like a like white, gray, tan, red, maroon, um, all the way down to like a deep, dark black. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of credible witnesses and and sighting reports of from people like of all natures (laughs) you know from homeless people to doctors reporting you know seeing seeing whatever they saw when i came across you and i looked up your youtube videos i was quite fascinated because it's a subject that i find quite interesting so Tell us how you got interested in this area of research, which is uh, Bigfoot, Yeti, and the Moiho Man, many names throughout the world for this creature. 
So th this happened um, when I was living down in Florida. And um, I was always like an inside kid, like growing up, like never like really outdoorsy or anything like that. <clears throat> so I was uh, living with my uh, ex-fiance, working at like this beach resort, which is like the best job I've ever had. And um, I was finding Bigfoot was on TV. So I was bored and I went on their website and found they offered expeditions uh, to the public that they could go out with, you know, um, these these researchers and, and try to look for Bigfoot. And I was like, oh my God, that's the coolest thing ever. So, <clears throat> you know, um, I bought the tickets and stuff like that. And, and then uh, me and my ex, um, you know, we broke up and, you know, I moved Pampa. But anyways, um, I still had these tickets. So, um, and non-refundable cost a lot of money. Um, so I ended up bringing one of my, one of my friends who I, um, made, just made friends with, uh, from the ambulance I was working on. And, um, yeah, then we went up camping North Florida and nothing happened the entire trip. There was like, um, like 60 something people camping there. Yeah. So we, we camped away from everybody because like, uh, me and, and it was my buddy Jimmy that came with me, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, we kind of like wanted to didn't want to like we're like oh man they're going to be really weird so we want to camp like mm -hmm. kind of away from them um <clears throat> but uh yeah nothing happened the entire uh entire trip and until the last night it was um uh me and jimmy were were up uh watching a meteor shower which is really cool we were up like super late it was like four o'clock in the morning or something like that and um we got rocks thrown at us from well, we at first we heard like a tree knock, and I was like, "Oh, these people! You know, we paid a lot of money to come on this, so these people must be, you know, you know, put, you know, the, whoever just making us like, you know, that's how they make people come back because they give them some action or something." Um, and then um, over the course of probably the next twenty minutes or so, we had um, uh, kind of like uh, maybe like a little bigger than a golf ball sized uh rocks land within like five feet from us five to ten feet all within that like little diameter and <clears throat> i i was kind of still thinking it was like these people right so now um my, my buddy's like i'm gonna throw a rock back at it and i'm like oh i don't think that's a good idea like <laughs> like you like here i am still thinking like it's these people so I'm like, either you're going to hit somebody in the head, Jimmy, or you're going to piss off a Bigfoot. And I don't think either of them is, is yeah. probably a good way of going about it. Um, so, yeah, he, um, he threw the rock back at it. And it was at that second I knew it wasn't a Bigfoot because, uh, like, you could hear just like, like all the other rocks uh, crashing kind of like through the trees. You hear them come down and this landed with a big thud and it was probably – a little bigger than like softball size so like almost triple the size that these rocks have been coming and that's when like I knew it wasn't a person because nobody could throw nobody could throw a rock that far you know oh okay because you hit me a bit confused oh, no, I'm sorry, yeah. wasn't a big, yeah yeah <laughs> no yeah and then um you know uh the next morning we took measurements and trying to be like you know do the scientific stuff and we figured the closest that that 
because like you could hear the rocks and like how they landed and coming through the trees and stuff like that. The closest place that that could have came from, like through the angles and stuff like that, was like 150-ish mm-hmm. yards away. So, I mean, you know, I don't know anybody that could throw anything that far, let alone, you know, um, be that accurate. There's, there's no, I don't know. It's impossible outside of human range. It's quite a distance. And then, yeah, so that got me like really into it. I was like, I kind of made it my like personal goal. I'm like, I got to figure out what threw those rocks at us, you know, like, like the, so, so then I started researching and me and my friends, we started going out and stuff like that and having our own little expeditions and, you know, that, that, that one night turned it into, you know, here I am <laughs> talking with you, um, you know, doing a podcast, you know. How did you feel when you actually went on this group? It seems to me like it was more of a money-making thing for, you know, taking 60 people to search for a, a Bigfoot. That's, um, I kind of don't like stuff like that, you know? <laughs> well, <clears throat> yeah, I mean... Um... It, it's put on by the BFRO, BFRO and everybody over there is really like, like they would, you know, I want to say they would never hoax or anything that, that, that kind of last part, it didn't yeah. seem that way. They would never hoax. Um, but uh, yeah, some people, you know, it, it depends, depends on the expedition, expedition or I can't speak today, the expedition organizer. Um to see like, um, you know, how many people, if he wants to put a cap on however many people, but um, yeah, I mean, that's, that, that wouldn't be the way that I would try to find Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a group <laughs> but, of 60 people, that's an enormous, two to three people I could understand, you know, uh, but really what self-respecting <laughs> Bigfoot is going to come out for 60 people, and yet you guys had that experience, so. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know, it, it was weird. It was, I don't know. No idea. And when was that? What year was that? That was 2011. So in 2011, so since then, so in the past nine years, you've dedicated your time to researching. Yeah, yeah. I, I got super into it. I got um, really into like the, the, uh, the patterns when it comes to like sighting reports and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, I got into getting all the gear and going out. And because now, like, after doing it a few times, you know, I actually like like camping now. It's, you know, that that that, that was my first time camping back in 2011. <laughs> so, like, it, you know, I think I think that, uh, you know, on top of everything else that happened is like <laughs> kind of icing on the cake. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, to discover something that you never knew you liked before, that's always a good thing. So since that experience and you started going out and look actively looking? Yeah. Yep. Um, so moved back up to North Jersey um, and I started networking with people up here and joining like kind of like local-ish Bigfoot groups um, up here. And then, you know, I started to create a network of friends and then um, we would go out and Bigfoot. And then in 2015, I was like, you know, I was, I was all the research and stuff. I'm like, like hard, like hardcore into this now. Right. 
So I'm watching everything on TV, all the YouTube channels, everything I could like get my hands on when it comes to Bigfoot and, and anything, you know, um, you know, cryptozoology, cryptozoology. Oh, I, I got you. It's a big weird. Yeah. yeah, the crypto, the crypto thing. Um, <laughs> oh man, and um, so so yeah, I started started just researching it, and and we would start going out, and then I I would I kind of created like this this um, network of people that I would you know we would just go out and do expeditions. And then in, in 2015, like I was saying, I was, you know, so, so deep into this, um, I kind of was like, well, I want to make, like, I want to document our expeditions. Right. And, you know, I, th I think, I think it'd be really cool because, you know, we bring all this camera stuff out with us anyway. So why don't, you know, I, I, I kind of was like upset with all the shows that were going on because like they were all for, you know, for ratings and stuff. They're not real true expedition mm -hmm. so i was like well you know what i might as well i, I don't know i i was bored and turned uh turned one of our private expeditions into uh into a little uh short show and everybody liked it so i was like all right i'm gonna make a make a series and that turned into in the shadow of big red eye right and why did you uh and this series is available on youtube yes. in the shadow of the big red eye um and that's your youtube channel how many videos do you have on there now? Um, the channel is actually Sussex County Bigfoot NJ, but that's the name of our show. You can get to you know, I mean, you'll find it either way. How many? Uh, so, yeah, we're filming our fifth season now. So we have uh, all all four seasons are up on our YouTube channel. So you could see I, I couldn't tell you how many episodes there are probably. Ooh. 30 well, or so. five seasons it's, it's a fair amount <laughs> yeah yeah and then um we decided to do like a like a short uh docu-series like kind of like a bigfoot 101 if you if you were just trying to get into bigfooting like what what would you need to do or what what should you do what what should you know type of thing and um that's called uh, squatchables which is <laughs> available uh, on our youtube uh, channel as well and then you could see like um our previous podcasts that we've done um uh pre presentations stuff like that so everything's available over on our uh youtube channel it says it's county bigfoot nj right so um obviously you have a fair following now to have gone into five seasons i know and i <laughs> you know it's um i think we just passed um a thousand two hundred something subscribers or something like that and you know it's it's really cool because i never in a million years thought like like this was just going to be like so we can sit down after an expedition and all laugh right. <laughs> like this you know what mm -hmm. i mean now it turned into you know five seasons of of traveling up and down the east coast i mean it's amazing i i, I couldn't i i never would imagine that it would uh grow the way it has and I, I love all of our fans you know so what you do is is you go into places where there's been reported sightings is that correct um for the most part yeah I kind of um don't plan my trips and the locations um on previous sightings right. because it's um I think like 
you need two things to have a Bigfoot sighting. You need, you know, a person and a Bigfoot. So I think like the deeper you go away from people, right. the further and, and, and whatever, where there's say the population's like two per square mile, you're not going to have as many sightings there mm -hmm. because the population, there's nobody to, to see a Bigfoot. Right. So that's, it's an interesting, like, like uh, sightings in Montana, there's not, not a whole lot of them. But you'd think that state would be, you know, I mean, up there on the sightings list, but it's just Montana's very desolate. Right. So, you know, and same same with same with Alaska. Right. And one thing I've noticed in the episodes that I have done on on the Bigfoot, the Yowie, the Muihelman, or Big Red Eye as you call him, yeah. uh, is that very often it, it is in isolated areas. Uh, it's in forested areas generally where there's a lot of bush. Mm -hmm. Very rarely uh, Bigfoot seen in areas that are open. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, it's very, you know, very similar. It's uh, they're not they're not going to be, <laughs> you know, it, they're smart. Yeah, yeah. So. So. How many people do you have on your team that go on these expeditions with you? Um, about, we'll say 30, oh, that's a, 35. That's a fair amount. Um, yeah, and they're, they're, you know, all over the country. So it's, it's not like they, they come out to every expedition. Um, you know, normally we have four to six people per expedition. Okay. So that's it's, more than I was yeah. right. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, um, you know, active members, there's, there's a good five, six people that usually come out to them. Right. So it's, um, and how often do you, do you go on these expeditions? How often do you go? Well, yeah, th this year kind of, kind of was interesting because obviously COVID and, um, generally, generally speaking in the summer months from like April to say October, we'll um we'll try to go out once a month for like a you know a three night long expedition right well that's a good that's a good trip so yeah in your in all these places you've visited have you ever caught a glimpse of bigfoot or have you seen evidence of their nests or where they live or that they're around sure yeah um so i don't I consider myself that I've never seen a Bigfoot. Um, there was one time in South Jersey in the Pine Barrens that, I don't know, I saw something and I, I don't know, I don't know what it was. And we've got pictures of, of it, but it's, it's so blurry that I would never even think of like releasing them to anybody. Right. Um, so I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. Um, but yeah, we've, um, you know, found footprints in certain locations. Um, what's interesting in New Jersey, actually, there's, um, you could see like there's a family group. So there's like a mother, a father, and I think like two, like two younger ones. And we go down to the same location each year um, down in the Pine Barrens. And each year you could see the footprints growing, like the male and the female stay the same but the kids you could see them like growing like it's really, really? interesting year after year. yeah so you know for someone to hoax that is i mean 
<laughs> you gotta, you're very dedicated. That's actually interesting. I've never heard of family groups of, of a Bigfoot being, uh, well, footprints being found before. So that has to be quite interesting. And to go back and see the difference each year, either if it's somebody that is hoaxing, then they've got a lot of patience and they have to know when you're going out there every well, year. Exactly. And that's the thing. I don't tell anybody where I'm going. Like, only, <laughs> you know, like only my my group of people know so it's it's not you know and it's just it's insane really so they would have to get up mm -hmm. early to to run two miles into the woods with no trail to you know stamp footprints like no it's not yeah yeah it biggest belief doesn't it <laughs> yeah so yeah but yeah we, we've also um recorded vocalizations that um i've sent off to like an army linguist and a military linguist. He's, he's like my go-to guy for, for vocalizations. He's a, uh, you know, does that for a living. He's an expert, so he's pretty good at it. Um, and he's, you know, he's reviewed the audio and, and it's come back like, this is not a person because of this, this, and this, and this is no known animal because of this, this, and this. Like he'll actually like list it out and stuff like that, which is really cool because with like, like uh, pitch changes or decibel changes and stuff like like he has this like system, and right. um, I a couple of them have come back like this is nothing that we know exists. Wow. So I think you know that's where a lot of the evidence comes from is uh, is like through audio recording. Yeah, yeah, not a human, and and you know, no animal can make the no known animal can make this, the um, the vowel change. Like if you if you hear in the audio, it goes from a ooh to an ah, like an o to an a, and right. animals can't do that. So that's very interesting. It's kind of cool, you know. Only pri yeah. only primates can and. We're not supposed to have any primates up here in North America. True, true. Wow. So, how did you how did you actually find this chap who uh, does the audio for you? Oh, it's just through networking. You know, it's um, there's a lot of people in the Bigfoot community, and and there's a lot of yes. really cool people. I know, like I've met some 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 of my best friends now have come through online networking, and it's it's crazy. It's um, you know, the, the people that you meet, I've met a lot of cool people through this. And um, yeah, it's just neat. In your, in your Bigfoot research, have you come to any conclusions uh, as to what you feel uh, Bigfoot might be? Oh, that's a good question. So uh, 
yes, uh, there's there's kind of different philosophies when it comes to Bigfooting. Uh, some people are the the thought pattern that Bigfoot is um, related to aliens. Um, there's people that believe Bigfoot is interdimensional so that they can like shapeshift and, and whatever. And there's people like me that say that they're like an actual flesh and blood type animal. Um, the reason why I believe that is because in my expeditions and the time that I spend in the woods, that's what would lead me to believe it would be the most meaning I've not found evidence of any of the other thought processes. So I always challenge somebody, if you can bring, show me some evidence that it can, you know, shape shift, bring it on, but no one's, no one's brought it up to the plate yet. So. (laughs) I haven't heard of the shape shifting. I have heard uh, of the interdimensional, but interdimensional doesn't mean they shape shift. It just means they move from one reality to another. Mm -hmm. But shapeshifting, I haven't actually heard that one. That's a new one to me. Yeah, yeah, down in, um, I think that happens a lot in like Arizona and Nevada. Uh, Ah, but then would that not come under, not Bigfoot, but that might come under, I did an episode on them too. Um, (laughs) uh, The Navajo calls them um, skinwalkers. Skinwalkers, yes, yep. That would more likely be a skinwalker than a than a, a Bigfoot. Yeah, no, absolutely. If they can shift. Yeah, um, skinwalkers. Uh, and, and also, the area is more desert rather than forested. Right. So that would be out of the Bigfoot's natural habitat sure. that he's generally found in. So for me, I would tend to feel that that would more be a skinwalker with a shape shifting mm-hmm. definitely not interdimensional from my understanding sure. anyway. yeah I've, i mean i've heard it all <laughs> you know like, yeah, yes, I can um but and and also another reason why i think they're more animal than anything else is because like you look at um like their traits and their patterns and stuff like if i if i was interdimensional or in, intradimensional whatever you know whatever then why would i leave footprints for people to Mm -hmm. find and why would I make these vocalizations and why would there be like why would I leave hair and stuff but but then but then inter or intra-dimensional doesn't mean that they're not physical while they're in this dimension you lost me it just means they can travel from one dimension to another and and yeah, but the, but then there's I, there's so many questions, aren't there? So many questions about this subject, and my mind's going all over the place. Like, for example, why why are there never any bones found or remains found of these creatures? Yeah, that's that's a very if, uh, if flesh and blood creatures. Yeah, no, that's uh, this dimensional creatures. You're right. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a very good question. Um, I answer that by saying like. Um, have it, I'm hiking and camping all the time. I have never come across the skull or remains of a black bear, but we live in an area where I live is the most highly dense, densely populated, uh, black bear County 
in the Northeast. So, I mean, and, you know, same way with like, um, with uh, places where there's moose. I ask people, you know, people will come up and they'll challenge me on that. Well, why haven't we ever found a dead one? I'm like, well, you go, you know, find me a dead black bear and then we'll talk. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's another point. I, and, I can and, and you had you had intelligence on top of that. So it's like, I think they go way out in the middle of nowhere. And who knows that they don't have some sort of grieving funeral process like we do. Yeah, that I, I don't believe that because I think that by doing that, you add religion and then you add a belief system no 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 i'm not i'm talking about like crows have kind of like a funeral service when somebody dies they all go around in a circle around that that crow that died right elephants mourn mm-hmm. their dead right. so there's no reason why a bigfoot if he's a a, a biological creature doesn't have some sort of thing that they do maybe they bury their dead or cover them or put them in a tree or something like that sure yeah i mean it's very well possible i don't even even if they didn't even if you didn't bury your dead though i think it would still be you know you have an intelligent creature that knows they're going to die where these bigfoot are seen are in places where there's a lot of scavengers that mm. come along there's you know the um ravens and every you know everything eats sure. something dead in the in the woods so sure. there goes your meat real quick and then the, mm. the the bones are easily explainable because like where you find bigfoot sightings are also places that um are you know the same exact areas that bear are which are cool Florida is a perfect example of that. But where there's bear, there's also porcupine. So the porcupine eat the bones for the bone marrow. You can go go from, oh, also, you know, to Bigfoot live in these um, soil, acidic, acidic rich soil. So that, that speeds up the, you know, decompensation process and everything. Um, So you can go from like dying dead day one to being completely nothing like you were never even there in like 20 days i think 20 days that's pretty fast yeah that would be interesting to to get some scientific studies on it you know like to see how long it actually does take to, to for a regular for any sort of animal corpse to break down well i think that yeah unfortunately that that would vary too much for each to you know depending yeah, on if it's raining if it's if it's humid of course so in your in your research and your studies have you heard what stories have you heard that have really caught your attention about uh, bigfoot encounters oh that's that's a good one um i think my favorite story and this this kind of it, it hits close to home because um, one, what we're dealing with right now in the United States, which is all the, the wildfires going on and, yeah. oh my God, the people that have, we've lost are, it's, it's in, insane. You know, I'm over on the East coast in New Jersey and we, it's all hazy from all the smoke out in California mm. and, you know, Oregon and Washington. Um, but yeah, so 
one of the stories and there's, there's paperwork to back it up and stuff like that. But, um, I think it was out in Colorado. I couldn't, don't quote me on that, but there was a big wildfire going on, a big forest fire. And there's, um, firefighters taking a rest like, um, in, in like a group or whatever. And they have, you know, the fire trucks right there and whatever. And then I guess it's like some kind of like, I don't know, rest post or something. Right. And a Bigfoot comes out of the woods, like singed. Like you could see it like, like smoldering comes Mm -hmm. out of the fire area and like crawls up to these firefighters and they take them, they put them in the ambulance. They, um, the, the guy who, whose story this is, you know, saw them start an IV, saw the blood drip down onto the, you know, floor of the ambulance. This is all written by him. You know, I don't know. Don't take it for, if anybody wants to research it, you know, I I can get you the information, but um, yeah. And then the ambulance or then the government came some, you know, army trucks or whatever, which wasn't uncommon because it was like an army corps thing helping with the fire. Um, But then they like caravan this ambulance who knows where. So it's really super interesting. I, I like that story a lot. Well, that is interesting. <laughs> and was that, was that with these recent fires? Or was that no, no, that, I, I forget the year it was. I'll, um, I'll look it up. Yeah, I'll look it up and send it to you. Okay, that'll be really cool, and I can put the link on yeah. um, this episode's web, uh, page on our website, www.walkintheshadowlands.com, so anybody who's interested can follow that up. But that kind of goes into a whole pile of different areas that that this podcast really doesn't cover, like government conspiracy. Yeah, I don't, you know. And stuff like that. I tell anybody, like, especially at presentations, it kind of gets a little bit political and, and stuff. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't talk, I don't talk conspiracy theories or anything like that. There's a, there's a whole group of people that do. And I'm yeah. not, I'm not part of it. Yeah, no, this podcast isn't about that either. This is more about the unexplained and the unknown and the mysterious. And um, so we're, do you think your team is going to go from here? What What's your next expedition that you have planned? Um, well, the, the next expedition that we have, I guess after this airs, is going to be next year. Uh, we don't have any set uh, expeditions because for the winter it just gets, you know, oh, it's kind of like our, our right. relaxed time and, and right. you know, kind of time to get reset and stuff like that and work a lot so he gets paid time off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, for- I forgot that you're in the Northern Hemisphere, so of course oh, we're yeah, coming, coming yeah. So, so you're going into spring then right now? No, we're in spring. We're, we're, well, formally, spring formally started on the 1st of September, so okay. yeah, well into spring, yeah, although it's been pretty cold lately. So, <laughs> what's, what's cold for New Zealand? Oh, well, it depends. Well, 
it's not cold like you have. For sure. <laughs> I, I never, I never ever saw snow actually until I went to live in North Carolina. Yeah, welcome. So, yeah, yeah, I, oh, I loved it. I loved it. Oh, love, oh it was makes, so beautiful. That makes like, one of us. <laughs> <laughs> because I never experienced it, you know. Yeah, and yeah. To be here in the snow, although it does snow in New Zealand, just not where I live. Right. Um, it's kind of like the centre of the north, um, the east coast of the North Island. It's it's a fairly warm climate here where I live. Right. Um, um, comparable, gosh, I don't know, to perhaps Florida in uh, winter when it's a bit. You got cooler. me sold. Yeah, it's when am I coming? I'm packing my bag. <laughs> oh, it's lovely here. So let me see. I'm just trying to think else. Do you have any, have any of your team members had any experiences in any of your expeditions? Yeah, I mean, I think what's cool is is we all contribute to, I think, like like sometimes one team will have a lot of activity and the other team won't have any activity. That's if we right. like split apart, but that's, I think what's kind of cool about it. It's like, it's all luck. Like people, you know, I'm going to go this way because I think the Bigfoot did this and this and this and traveled this way. So I'm going to take, you know, my team this way. And it's very interesting. It's, it's cool. Uh, but yeah, they've, they've all got really, I mean, it, we don't get activity every time. That's, no, that's not. you know, it's not so that's another thing that the TV the reason why I made the show is kind of, uh, you know, wanted me to create the show is because, yeah, there's, if we don't have any, if, uh, you know, if we don't have any activity, you know, we're still going to make the episode, but it's not going to be a long one. Right, <laughs> you know? right, right. But, but that's, you know, it's not about finding Bigfoot. That's what people, you know, a lot of, a lot of criticism that I get from the show is like, Oh, you know, what happened when you guys were on your investigation or you didn't go, you know, too deep into this and whatever. And because it's not about like us actually bigfooting it's every, every show has every episode has an underlying theme of like, let's get out of the, let's get off the couch and into the woods and see something that we wouldn't see every, right. you know, on a normal day. And that's what I hope, uh, people are able to do and kind of like take from the show is like even if you're not into Bigfoot I, that does, you know that means nothing you know just getting outside and even just taking a you know a leisurely hike through the town park or something like that something you wouldn't normally do get outside and you know experience it with friends and family yeah exactly exactly oh that's awesome um so for you personally where do you see yourself going with this in the future? Are no, you just I don't. Going to... <laughs> I don't know. Um, this year has been really tough. Um, mm. It's hit us, you know, um, very hard financially. Um, and I was at the point, even though like we don't outsource anything like that. It's just you know, it's my time and it's and you know my gas going to these locations, looking, yeah. you know, and it's you know, it, it hurt us. Um, so I want to say that we're going to be back at it as hard as ever next year, because we obviously, you know, for season five, I think we're going to have two or three episodes with stinks, but um, that just means we got to do it uh, twice as good for season six, right? 
But yeah, but you know what? Everybody is in that situation at this point in time. That's and true. I don't feel there's anybody in this world who wouldn't understand that. Yeah. No, I, you know, I, we're all in this together. Yeah. That's... Even, even little New Zealand down here in the South Pacific, you know, <laughs> we're very lucky uh, because we are an island in the middle of nowhere, two right. islands in nowhere. So yeah. we've been able to shut our borders and keep ourselves relatively COVID-free in comparison with other countries, even Australia. Um, so, but, but we're not immune to the financial repercussions of what's happening in the mm. world. And I understand that for you and for many, many people, this is a terribly difficult time. So I can't see that your viewers are going to take anything from that it's no, just no. yeah, yeah and and that's what i like about you know all of our fans is you know it's i designed the show and it's filmed in kind of like like a non-professional i don't want to say it's not professional but it's it's filmed as like you were actually on the expedition yourself right so it's not you know there's no we don't generally use tripods because you know it's too heavy to carry around in the woods. Yeah, you know, this yeah. Is a, it's a true expedition, really is. It's it's like you're like you're right there rolling along with us. Um, but oh. you know, as, I, as I was saying before we started, uh, I was watching your episode where you knelt on the snake. Yeah, those. Yeah, um, those are like little short, short uh, solo hikes that I did, did and stuff. And yeah. Uh, that's one of the things I uh, should have been aware of, especially where, where I was kneeling. Um, but <laughs> lesson learned. <laughs> and fortunately, yeah, nothing happened for to you. Which, yeah, you know, no, I think it was just a little garter snake, which oh, you know lucky. was was good. But I mean, still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's easily been us, one of those poisonous ones you were talking about yeah, before. Or yeah, it could, it could have been, and and it could have caused damage to the poor snake as well. Oh, true, absolutely. Yeah. So um, now there was something that I was going to ask you about. Oh, that's right. Before we started this episode, we were talking about the New Jersey Devil. Oh yes. So you're from New Jersey. Yes. Yep. And um, and have you heard, you've heard of the New Jersey Devil? Oh, of course, yeah. Um, the New Jer Jersey Devil is a very interesting story. Um, it all started, I think it was like 1902, where their, where their you know, schools were closed because of the, the sightings of the Jersey Devil were, you know, so rampant and, you know, it was picking people off the streets and you know, it flies off into the night and all that good stuff. And um, while I don't disbelieve and discredit any of those stories, um, the sightings kind of died down after that, that like craziness, mm -hmm. uh, pandemonium, if you will. And then um, the sightings still to this day are kind of sporadic here and there. Um, what is an unpopular opinion that I have is that the Jersey Devil is actually a misidentified Bigfoot. And I think that because if you look at, first of all, the Jersey Devil lives in the Pine Barrens. We go down the Pine Barrens all the time. There's mm -hmm. um, a lot of Bigfoot sightings down there. 
Um, there's also a lot of Jersey Devil sightings down there. But um, anyways, the sightings of the Jersey Devil are glowing eyes or glowing red eyes at like seven, eight feet tall and screams in the night. And I don't know, I think that's what a Bigfoot does. So I'm kind of putting the two and two cryptids together. And, you know, now we have, you know, one that, you know, two out of the three characteristics, Bigfoot doesn't fly, but, um, you know, like, like I say, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, you know, it's probably a duck. (laughs) Oh, that's very interesting. And what's, what's interesting about that is so, so we did an event down there and this guy, uh, interviewed me from like this newspaper, Burlington County times. And, he interviewed me on that exact sub subject of why I think a Bigfoot's a Jersey devil. And let me tell you, the people of South Jersey, the Pineys, we will call them, they, uh, they like their Jersey devil. I actually got death threats. Oh, from, no. Yeah. Yep. 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 So that doesn't change my opinion of what I think, you know, the Jersey devil actually is, but don't go to South Jersey and <laughs> say that there's no Jersey devil. Wow, that's pretty scary. <laughs> didn't didn't the X Files do an episode on the? Yeah, Jersey I believe so. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It just brought that to mind. Funny how your mind works, isn't it? Right. Okay. So that's really interesting. But you know, people do have very strong beliefs, and and they don't like their beliefs being questioned. Which I guess is well, some don't like their beliefs being mm-hmm. questioned. So I guess that's why. But to get death threats, that's pretty, uh, pretty strong. What can I say? Yeah. Do you have a website? Um, we are in the process of making an actual website. Yes. However, it's not finished yet. Um, but we're on Facebook, uh, Shadow of Red Eye, or um, I'm sorry, in the Shadow of Big Red Eye. Uh, Instagram is Shadow of Red Eye. Um, YouTube, our channel, Sussex, Sussex County Bigfoot NJ, and our show is called In the Shadow of Big Red Eye, and I'm Brilliant. the producer and director of them. That's wonderful. So there'll be links to all of these on this episode's page on, on the Walk in the Shadowlands podcast website, www.walkintheshadowlands.com. So you listeners can all go there and click out the links and check out check uh, Mike's work out, Mike and his team's work out. This has been a, a quite an interesting chat, Mike. I've I've really enjoyed it. It's a bit yeah. different. I, I wasn't sure what to expect actually when we started, but um, <laughs> this is this is really interesting. And to me, this is a subject that I really like because. It's it's a mystery. I like mysteries. I like mysteries. I like things that make you think and question what's real and what what is our perception of reality. Uh, so, and I've had like several episodes on. We've done um, New Zealand's Moiho Man, which is mm-hmm. uh, your version. Uh, our version of Bigfoot. We've done. I had interviewed a chap on who was a major researcher in Australia on the Yawi, uh, which is the Australian version. And I've wanted for a while to speak to somebody who's who's researching 
the American version. But of sure. course, there's versions all over the world. There's uh, so many different names for the Yahweh. Right. And I first developed an interest in this when I was a kid and I heard about the bottomless snowman. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, Sir Edmund Hillary, who's a bit of a New Zealand hero mm. and an icon, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who had an encounter with one. Can't remember exactly how that happened, but anyway, that got me interested in it. So, yeah, it's been a fascination for me ever since. So, Mike, thank you very much for your time today. I really appreciate. Oh, it. thanks for having me on. I, I um, yeah, it was awesome. the Bigfoot sounds provided by Mike from one of the expeditions, I did repeat the calls twice at the end of the clip in case any of you listening were wondering. I understand the human nature to want to solve mysteries, to seek out answers to perplexing questions that have puzzled humankind for eons. After all, this podcast is an offspring of the curiosity, that desire to know more, to understand the unexplained the unsolved mysteries on this planet. It's part of our human nature to be curious, to want to be able to categorize things or events and place them in neat little boxes. This is a human trait that my star people friends have often commented on. It's a source of amusement to some of them, much as we dote on we kiddies when they're discovering new things. So I fully understand why people like Mike go bigfooting. I absolutely get that. What bothers me though with these companies that were taking huge numbers out into the field is that these creatures are living sentient beings and I hate, hate the exploitation of anything like that. It's just a personal bugbear of mine. I've no issue whatsoever with small groups of people going out looking heck. I'll join them in a heartbeat, just not groups out to profit from this. That's my rant for the day. I really appreciate Mike's time and the energy he puts into his expeditions and the video channel. I hope you have all enjoyed listening to Mike as much as I have. If you enjoyed this episode, and actually if you enjoy this podcast overall, then please consider becoming a patron of the show. It does cost to produce and host the show and do the social media for it. So my patrons that I currently have who do help the show financially are greatly appreciated. I don't make any profit from this podcast. It's not about making profit, but help with running costs is really awesome and appreciated. So for only $5 a month plus applicable taxes wherever you live, you can become a patron. Go to patreon.com forward slash MCC15 and sign up now. As a patron, you get access to a special members only page on the podcast website www.walkingtheshadowlands.com You also have access to some interview bits that may not make the episodes and little extras as I have time to create and add them for you. Also, you have my absolute gratitude and appreciation. So, what are you waiting for? Go to patreon.com forward slash mcc15 and sign up now.
episode's bumper music is called Man in the Arena by Christian Leo. I really like that driving beat. If you have any suggestions for topics you might like me to cover in upcoming episodes, then please don't hesitate to contact me. Or if any of you have any questions, suggestions or any comments that you'd like to make or experiences that you might like to share with myself or my audience, or if you feel you might be a good fit as a guest on my podcast, then just email me at shadowlands at yahoo.com or check out the Be A Guest page on the podcast website. Check out our Facebook page, Walk In The Shadowlands, our Instagram feed of the same name, and our Twitter feed at Shadowlands10. Like and follow for hints on our upcoming episodes. If you enjoyed this episode, then please leave a positive rating and don't be shy to leave a written review on your chosen podcasting platform or on the podcast Facebook page, Walking the Shadowlands. And of course, so you don't miss out on any episode, make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. This podcast is available on all free podcasting platforms and iHeartRadio as well. Also, if you have Alexa, simply say these four words, open Walking the Shadowlands. Alexa will play our latest episode for you. If you don't have a smartphone, then you can listen to the episodes from the podcast website, www.walkingtheshadowlands.com. For those hearing impaired, there's a full written transcript of each episode on the website, so you don't miss out at all. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your workmates about our show. Encourage them to listen and to subscribe also. The more, the merrier. Thank you so much for listening today, tonight, whatever time it is, wherever you're living in this beautiful world of ours. We'll see you in two weeks' time. Thanks for listening. 